You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everyone. I am Martina Cunha, and you are listening to Backstage Talk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Backstage Talk. Today, I will repeat this again. My inner <laughs> child is fanboying really hard right now. Um, I think in the first episode, I, I mentioned that I was a Potterhead, a Harry Potter fan. And today, I have the honor of having someone from the company of Chris Child on Broadway with me. I have the honor of having Spencer LaRue. He is a musical theater performer. Uh, but who am I to introduce someone uh, better than themselves? So, Spencer, please introduce yourself and say hello to our listeners. Hi, listeners. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Martine, for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Spencer LaRue, and I am part of the year three, which might turn into year four I guess at this point after being on pause for a year um year three cast of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Broadway um yeah I I am from originally from Florida and grew up doing sports and then decided I wanted to do theater sports were not it for me um I went to the University of Michigan for musical theater and graduated in 2019 and then January 2020, I started Harry Potter. So that's like crazy stuff. Yeah. So wait a minute. Was your story a little bit like High School Musical and Troy Bolton? Change from sports into theater? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, it was, I was not as good as him. And I was not the captain of any team. I was playing bench most of the time. Um, but... Yeah, I played soccer, and I was a swimmer. Um, I mean, I played everything, but those were my main two things. And I played soccer until ninth grade of high school. Um, I think I practiced. I did all of the like practice leading up to our first game. Played our first game. Had to leave early to get to a show, and th that I was also doing at the same time. And then after that show that night, I quit soccer for good. <laughs> after playing for 11 or 12 years at that point. Like, I had been playing for a long time. Um, 
And I was like, all right, this is not for me anymore. I it's just fun while it lasted. I no longer want to run and get sweaty. I'd rather be dancing in the air conditioning and getting sweaty. <laughs> um, the sunlight is not it for me. This is just like, get me inside. Um, but yeah, and then I found, um, and then I found theater like throughout, but I auditioned for an arts high school where I got, it's called Harrison School for the Arts in Lakeland, Florida. And I got to major in musical theater and like that was integrated into my academic study. And that's when I was like, okay, cool. Um, I don't need anything else. I'm just going to do the theater route. And I think that's going to fulfill me. I love it. I love it. That is so amazing. What inspired you to be a performer? Like, um, once you were on, on uh, this arts high school, did something happen and you said, yes, this is the route I want to take? Yeah. Um, I actually had to write about this in my, like, um, entrance, ex like, essays to get into schools. <laughs> But I, I, like, distinct, I distinctly remember it was my junior year I think and like I kind of knew that I wanted to like audition for schools and everything but um my junior year I saw the national tour of once and um during the or like before the show and intermission they allow you to come up onto the stage um because the whole show takes place in a bar and so they sell drinks before and after and like you know 17 couldn't drink but like I was I was like I'm going on that stage And I, I walked up there with my friend and, you know, I turned around and I just saw this like 5,000 seat theater. And like, I just stood there and I could, I could see the lights that like, go dark and like a curtain rise. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is, I feel at home right here, standing center stage. I was like, I'm going to do this. I, this is it for me. And then crazy full circle moment the weekend I got into Michigan for musical theater I was back at that theater but this time I was performing on the stage because I won um the, the Critics Choice Award at District Thespians which is a national competition um and I was invited to perform my song at states at opening ceremonies so I literally stood where I like had that moment and actually got to like sing spotlight in front of 5,000 people and then went to college a few months later so that was like a full circle moment for me I love it I love the memory <laughs> who, who doesn't love a full circle moment <laughs> I know I actually just put that together right now to be honest I like <laughs> realize that was full circle that's really cool i love it like i mean having full circle moments are i mean it's it's really important for performers yeah <laughs> wherever they are um, yeah so you've had several productions of newsies you've had disaster you've had sweeney todd you've had oklahoma what has been your favorite moments performing so far Oh, I think, I think it would have to be, so I did Disaster and my second production of Newsies in the same summer, um, the summer of 2018, at, on opposite coasts. I was in Connecticut for Disaster and then California for Newsies um, a week after I closed Disaster. 
And, you know, I think those two productions might be my favorite, like hold really special memories for me. Um, my, my rehearsal process for Disaster was rough, to say the least, because I was coming off an energy or an injury, not an energy. The energy was weird. Um, <laughs> no, I was coming off an injury. And so I was like trying to like not push it in disaster so I could go do Newsies mm-hmm. where I knew I would have to be dancing and tumbling a lot. And I knew I had to be at the top of my game. But I got to do new, um, disaster in Connecticut with Seth Rudetsky, who wrote the show. He was in it, and then um, Annel Nathan was in the show, who was an original cast member of Ragtime and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Angie Schwar, who was in the original Producers and was just in the prom. Like, these huge names. And just getting to perform with them every night and, like, witness their craft. And, like, then offstage, they're so sweet and so nice. And they're just like, I'm chilling in Connecticut for the summer. Um, doing a job and then, but the show, and I also was doing it with like five of my class members from Michigan and we all were just partying. It was a party on stage dancing to disco music. And it was one of the funniest, well-written shows I've ever done. I mean, it is just silly. And the second we all embraced that like disaster movie type of like performing, it was the silliest show and it was it was hard, but it was, and it was a challenge, but it was like so worth it in the end. Um, and then I then went to Newsies, which is, I, I, that's also something that like really got me. I was like, I want to do this career. I want to dance like that. I want to be a Newsie. And it was my goal from like 11th grade to be in a production of Newsies. And then my sophomore year, I was in a production in Connecticut. And I was like, mm, that, yeah, that like filled the bubble. But then I got cast in this one in California the next summer and found out we were doing the original choreography with the original dance captain um, at one of the like top um, regional theaters in the country. And I was like, I'm just honored to be here. I don't know how I got here. I don't think I'm at the level of everyone, but I'm going to take it and run with it. Um, and it, I mean, it was incredible and it was, we were doing it in the round, which I have never done a show in the round. And then to be doing Newsies originally, the original choreography in the round, I was just, I mean, in shock the whole time. It was, that might be my favorite show I've ever done. Um, cause I just love that music. I love the dancing. The people were fun. California is beautiful. Um, I mean, yeah, that performing in the round is a whole different beast. Um, I remember one day I had to run from like down the aisle to the center of the stage, do like a triple turn and then a jump out of it and run down the aisle directly across from me. And I, it was the first day they turned the lights off. It was the first day they took our numbers away and I did what I was supposed to do. I stopped in the middle of the stage set was coming at me and everything. I was like, I don't know where to go. <laughs> and I just kind of like ran towards the center. And like there was the aisles were like um, going off in corners of like what would be a square. And then like the, um, the stage is the circle around it. And I just, I didn't even run for an aisle. I just kind of like ran towards the edge of the stage and like hopped off 
and like ran through the audience. Luckily, nobody was there, but I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get off stage. But I'm so turned around, and I don't know, it is so dark. Um, but I didn't die, so that's, I mean, that's good, I guess. <laughs> that's a nice memory. I didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's talk a little bit about regional theater before yeah. moving on to Curse Child. What has been the biggest lesson you've learned as a performer? Um, it's absolutely to like, you know, know your worth. Um, I might say that a lot today, but that's something I've kind of worked with during pandemic time. But to know your worth in rehearsals, especially regionally. Um, my first two regional contracts, I was non-equity. Um, working with equity actors, it was a mix. Um, and non-equity means I'm not protected by the union. Um, I don't have to have certain breaks. I don't have to have certain things happen. They technically could rehearse me all day. Mm -hmm if they were monsters and the, luckily they were not monsters, but, um, it, that the biggest lesson I learned is no matter what kind of rehearsal you're in, you have to know your worth and what is where your limits are. Um, and how to convey that to the, um, creative team without, you know, coming off as, someone who's hard to work with or has a big ego or like you want people to want to work with you and my time at disaster during rehearsals was a little rough um because i was i was excited to go do newsies and so when i was there i was like i was just like let's do it let's do the show let's do the show but i was also injured so i wasn't like in rehearsals i wasn't dancing full out all the time and i like if we needed to do it i would do it but i was then being expected and like getting told like why aren't you doing this full out you should do this full out you should do this full out you should do this full out and i'm like i am hurting mm -hmm. i have just like i was on crutches for a week in college not six months ago and have been in physical therapy until the week before i came here like let me breathe um and it just it, there was a lot of butting heads and that taught me to just like no matter what they they have to treat you like a human and no one sometimes that's not on their radar and they're not doing it on purpose it's never a it's never with malicious intent they're just like we have three weeks to put up a show and we gotta go we gotta go and if you're not in the union you have to advocate for yourself and i learned that to like my name was being misspelled and i told them multiple times it was being misspelled and at one point it was just there was an extra space in my last name which is larue and it has two capital letters so there was just la space rue and i was like oh my name's spelled wrong and i was called a diva by stage management and i was like so no actually that's that's just my name um if you I can't get my name, my name right with, yeah and that's nothing against them it's just like you know um I'm going to advocate for myself and I'm going to advocate like I need a break here. Um, I can't do that right now. My body will literally fall apart. Um, so yeah, like when you're non-union, especially at regional theater, um, you really, I learned to advocate for myself and really like fight for what I need and know my worth to the producers and to the creative team. 
because they need me to do what they are envisioning in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just as important to the production as they are. And if I get hurt, they're kind of screwed. So like, it's for the betterment of the team, but like I've learned to make the balance and like advocate for myself nicely and not, you know, be mean about it. Yeah, not in a divage way. Yeah, which is a is a hard balance um, to not be a diva, but also be like, my name is spelled wrong for the third time today, <laughs> and my leg hurts. Can I not like do something? Like it was, yeah, it was just a, a great learning experience. As frustrating as it could have been sometimes. I want to go back a little bit to your college years. So you're a class of 2019 from mm-hmm. University of Michigan. Yeah. In the musical theater program. Right? Yes, yeah. Um how was your experience at University of Michigan? It was simultaneously the best and worst time of my life. And worst has nothing to do with the school or anything like that. It was just, I mean, the, it is a hard program. And um, I experienced some of the highest highs and lows of my life um, with like being away from home for the first time across the country from my family. And like, you know, I was dealing with like anxiety and depression and like, like finding where I fit. Um, and that, so that was the hardest part for me, but otherwise, That was the best decision in my, uh, that was the best decision of my life and I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I went in as a singer who could move well and like thought he could act, but I was like, acting's like my weakest thing. It's fine, like it's just like talking. Um, and I, I became, Like, what I think is a true triple threat, um, I became, like, a really strong dancer who, like, I auditioned for the National Tour of Newsies when I was a junior in high school. And, I mean, if somebody showed me a video, it would be laughable. To four years later, it's my junior year of college, and I'm cast in the first regional production doing the original Broadway. Like, that growth for me, I was like, awesome i check i've like become the dancer i want to be and like still more to go but like that awesome i i've checked that off my box and it, it i i just like looking back have like noticed i've gr- i grew so much um and i struggled a lot like finding my place as an actor just because i look very young I'm short, I, I give off like a young energy. So normally in shows, I will be like a teen when it comes to like actual roles and that doesn't exist much. So I often found myself in the ensemble of shows at school, um, which was an amazing experience, but I was watching my classmates who look older than me um, play the leads because that's just the way it works in college mm-hmm. you're a bunch of kids playing adults like when in, when in the actual industry would a 22 year old play a 60 year old 
like duchess from England. Like that is just what we have to do because mm-hmm. the shows that we're given. Um, and so I got, I kind of got beaten down um, that I was like, mm, I'm not getting these roles. I'm not a good actor. I'm not like, why, why are these things not falling into place for me? Like they are others. And eventually I was just like, you know what? Write it out, take your acting classes, do your stuff. Um, and then my senior year, the final show, I was in Sweeney Todd and I finally got to play a lead and I was Toby in that, which was a fantastic experience. The show is beautiful. Um, and I took two acting classes back to back in my second semester senior year to like, I was like, okay, you're graduating. You really need to get it together with your acting. And um, one day that kind of just like something broke through. I was not having a good time in these classes. I was not doing well. I could, I was forgetting lines. I was not making any kind of choices. Um, and then one day I just like, I woke up and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to make a choice today. And it could be the wrong choice, but I'm going to just pretend to be a gorilla in the middle of this scene and see what happens. And it and opened with something it. for me. It, yeah. And it was, it was totally the right choice and it was the best choice I could have made uh, in that scene. And it just opened something for me that was entirely new. And all of a sudden I was like soaring down this acting path that I thought that this door was closed for me. And then getting to like put that into um, Sweeney Todd and actually like realized that like, wow, okay. I thought after co- like high school, when I was playing all these leads in high school and getting to college and playing in the ensemble so much, I thought that door kind of closed for me. I was like, this is going to be my track in the real world. Um, I was like, okay, cool. Like this is, I really had a journey in college. And I think that I, we all go on our own journeys and you know, when you're in the thick of it, it sucks. Um, but like you look back and you're like, Oh, no, that's exactly the journey I went into school wanting. And then, like, um, and then, yeah, so I, I, it is the best school I could have gone to. Um, and I truly cherish every single memory I have there. I love it. I love it. I, I do have the best memories of college too. So I know that journey and that like growth journey um because i experienced it myself and i love it yeah yeah it was it was a cool school because we also got like it's such a big university Mm -hmm. we got like we had our conservatory like type training on top of like the huge university so we were like going to football games and like had normal classes and like had parties and it was just like it taught us to like work hard play hard and it was um or rather play hard work harder um and that's what we did that's what we learned in the four years and now like that I'm here two years out of school I'm still playing hard and working harder and now enjoying life more because I've realized that like this is my career this is a job it is not my life and I can like play outside and still you know memorize a four-page scene that I have to like film in three days. Like, um, so like, yeah, it, there's, it has like bled into real life, which is really cool. And how have you stayed creative during the pandemic? Because it's, it's um, taken a big toll in the whole industry. Yeah. I, you know, when it first started, I 
didn't do anything. I was like, I, I mean, because I was so, I was upset. I was six days from my Broadway debut mm-hmm. um, and COVID shut down Broadway. And I was, you know, I, I just had to go through the stages of grief. I was um, like, uh, one of my, one of my two roommates left to go home. Like all of our friends were leaving to go home and it was just like, okay, uh, do we go home? Do we stay here? It's, it's only a month. That's what they've told us. It's a month. Um, and I was like, I'm going to stay because the show's going to be right back. And then I was at first, like still trying to like transfer my notes into like notebooks and like everything. Um, and then I kind of just fell off and I was like, nothing's happening. Nothing is happening. And I took that time to just like take a break. I have not taken a break from theater since I was 14. I've been, I've done, you know, multiple shows at a time. I've done like one show a season at school plus the summers since I was 14. So I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not singing for anyone. I'm not acting for anyone. I'm not dancing. I don't even have the room to dance. So I'm not going to do it. Um, which, you know, that's what makes me happy is doing all of that stuff. And so that was kind of hard to like, let all that go for a second. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad I did because then I got to like, you know, find myself and like, like interact with the world differently in a time that like, nothing is really happening um it was cool to live in the city one of the fastest cities in the world and the slowest time in like my 24 years on this planet (laughs) like um and i i think looking back at it um as things start to open up more i think taking a step back from like the actual craft of my artistry and experiencing the world was a way of nourishing my art and like and myself and like becoming an actor like having experiences that i can now like pull on and like um being just like aware of what's here and like not having to i now like can sing for joy again um even though i don't like my voice sometimes or like it's harder to sing now than it was two years ago Mm -hmm. like i am starting to enjoy it what I do again for the sake of, I enjoy it. Not for that paycheck sounds nice, Mm -hmm. even though that is an awesome incentive to do it. (laughs) Um, But Hey, your TikTok covers are amazing. Like I I love them. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. That's a new thing. I, I don't like posting videos of me singing. Oh, me um, neither. Just because I have, it's like stressful. It's, (laughs) I posted the first one and I was like, okay, this is coming down now. Um, but I was like, you know what? Just leave it. Just Nobody looks at your TikToks anyway. Go just <laughs> put it away. Um, but I, I, I just never take like videos of myself singing because then I watch them over and over. I'm a bit obsessive with like any like self tapes or like videos that are taken of me. I'm like, Ooh, I want to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn. And I'm like, Oh, you're flat. Oh, that, what was that? That, wrong word what and it's just like i nitpick every second of it and then until i just don't like the video and i'm like that has to be like this is the worst thing i've ever seen and my boyfriend is like this is incredible what are you talking about and i'm like you have to say that it's fine and then it's just like a whole 
thing. But um, yeah, I've been like challenging myself. Like if I take a video, um, just, just post it. Just and let the it. universe especially, take care of it. <laughs> right. And especially if you're putting it on your Instagram story, like that's 24 hours. It'll be down and no one will see it ever again. And like, there's just like this huge stigma on TikTok that's like people just like comment random things. And they, I've seen people like comment vocal notes on people's singing videos. And I'm like, who are you? Who are you to tell someone that like, oh, maybe try breathing here or like, you're really loud. Like, no, that is not what TikTok is. That is not the right. So like that kept me from doing it for a long time. I was like, ooh, people are going to like tell me this thing. Like I have a, I have a four year degree from the top musical theater program in the country. What if people like, are like, ooh, you can't sing. And then I was just like, so what? <laughs> it's TikTok. I, <laughs> I will delete your comment at that point. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was just like, okay, it's time. Get over it. Yeah. Um, let, let me tell you one thing. I am super self-conscious of either self-tapes or videos of me singing or dancing. But on my senior year of college, on my final showcase... Um, the night we were getting it recorded, guess who decided to fall in the middle of his solo choreography? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's taped. It was a duet. Um, and I was dancing with my partner and we had, a we had a jump and when I was landing on the jump, I just fell. And it is oh. recorded on three different angles from three different cameras. And it's the <laughs> best shot I've ever had. <laughs> because uh, I nailed it. I nailed that recovery. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. It's when you have these little mistakes, it is probably the best thing that could ever happen because then it becomes so real. And you're like, all right, and that's what it is. And, you know... And it, and it always, you always mess up or like, you know, quote unquote, mess up when it's being recorded. Yeah. It could be perfect a hundred times before somebody puts a camera on. That is the one time that you forget a line. You will fall. Yeah. I mean, without fail. Like I, I practiced for a month, my barrel turns and my barrel jumps until, yes, final showcase, recording session. And I decided to mess it up. <laughs> and so, for posterity, See? my butt is kissing the ground on that showcase. <laughs> See, you said something important. You decided to mess up. You decided. It was a choice. It was a choice, and we're going with it. And no one can tell us any different. Yes. I want to move on to Chris Child. I want to know all about that journey from auditions into tech and everything uh, before this hateful virus shut you down and uh, shut your debut. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was one of the coolest audition experiences I've ever had. Um, I was literally at my now boyfriend's house because um, he was in my class at school and we were just hanging out with some friends and my current roommate, um, got had an audition for harry potter and she was like yeah i have an audition coming up this week and i was like wait they're having auditions 
I want to audition. That sounds fun. Like, I don't think I fit the show. I'm too tall for the show. It was, I'm technically too tall for the show. Like, the cap is 5'8", and I'm 5'9". So I was like, whatever. And, like, they're very specific on heights. So I was like, I'll just ask my agent if I can, like, go in. And so I emailed him. I was like, hey, like, I kind of want to go in for this show. It sounds really fun. My friends are doing it. I, like, you know, if I don't stand up super straight, I'm 5'8 some days. Like, I think we should just, like, fudge it. Um, And the next morning at 11 a.m., I had an appointment for the next week um, to read for either Albus or Scorpius, and who are the two leads in the show. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, just ask. And my agent from that point on, he was like, all right, so when you need to be 5'9", you're 5'9". When you need to be 5'8", you're 5'8". Got it? And I was like, excellent. Yes, understood. <laughs> um, and so I, I, we got to choose if we wanted to audition for Albus or Scorpius. Um, and I didn't really like the Scorpius scene. Um, just because it's when you first meet him and you're on the train. He doesn't really like have much to say. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to do Albus. He's got like monologues, it's very driven, it's dramatic, I'm gonna do that. Um, and so I decided, I did that, I like learned all my lines. I, did I read the play? Yeah, oh, that's the other thing. I did not read the Harry Potter books until, I think I started them December 2018. It was my first time ever reading them. Um, yeah, I mean, shocker. What? <laughs> I okay. was I was in the I was in the middle of Goblet of Fire when I started auditioning and I got the audition and I stopped reading Goblet of Fire to read Cursed Child because I was like I have to know what's happening here. Um and then so I read Cursed Child in a week and then um this I mean it's so good. Um but yeah, I went into my first audition and I was kind of just like I <laughs> I wore a green shirt and a long cardigan and i was like i am a wizard and you have to accept me here (laughs) i was like i'm not gonna dress the part but like if you had have given me a wand i definitely would have fit into hogwarts right then and there um but yeah i went in and i did the scene and um it, it went really well he gave me some adjustments i don't know where i got my british accent from um but it i Apparently, it was really good. I had never had, like, formal training on a British accent. Um, and then I did it... I did the scene twice, and the casting director looks at me, and he goes, How tall are you? And I was like, Oh, God. I was like, um, I'm 5'8", but, like... 5'8". I'm, like, pushing 5'9", but let's just say 5'8". And he was like, Okay. You sure you're not 5'7"? Because to be Albus, you have to, the top is 5'7". Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I mean, and then I kind of slouched and I was like. Let me hunch a little bit. I was like, I was like, do whatever you need at this point to make me shorter. I'll do it. Um, and he was like, okay, awesome. Well, I'll see you again soon. And I was like, you'll see me again soon? Do, what is the, okay, Bye. And I left, 
and I went to see Toy Story 4 because I was like, I have to just not think about what just happened and I need to get my mind off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got home that night and I bought tickets to the show because it's like something in me knew. I was like, I, I'm going to have a callback for this. I think um, I need to see this show. That just, it felt right to see the show. Um, and then so I saw the show a week later and then I went home. I, I had bought tickets to go home and like visit my family and because I hadn't seen them since May. And we bought them and then like the next day I got a callback for Harry Potter and it was a movement callback on the day I was supposed to be flying out to go home. And so we had to change our ticket. Um, or no, it, I ended up flying on the same day, but I was like, I literally did the dance audition and then left from the dance audition to go to the airport. I brought my suitcase and everything. I was like, here we go. Um, and that dance audition was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And it's not like a dancey show, but it is, it's such a rhythmic show. And yeah. like, just like, it's, uh, the movement is so precise and like some of the songs are in nine, eight and some of them are in five and some of them are in seven. And you're just like, can you count? Um, the answer is no. <laughs> we, we, we got into rehearsals and they were like, cool, we're in seven. And like, he said it about five times. He's like, we are in seven. Remember, we're in seven. Don't forget, we're in seven. The music started, we were all counting in four. We were just like fully just not, we were like, ah, okay, so can we just listen and you count it, please? Um, it's difficult music. But so yeah, I had that dance audition and I went home and I was like, I think that's the end. Like, I don't really know what's going to happen for this. And then um, about four days later, I got an email um, while I was visiting my old high school for the first time since I had graduated college. Um, I was visiting with one of my teachers and I literally got an email saying I got a second callback for Albus to come back in and read more for him. And do a, was it a second movement call? Yeah, yeah, it was a second movement call. Um, I had a second movement call and a second Albus callback um, in the same day. And then so I, I did the little gig, a little dance again, um, and like a different challenges and stuff that they had us doing. And then I did my scene. And they were like, awesome, thank you. That was on a Tuesday. Mind you, I'm moving apartments during this time. Um, like in the midst of the summer in the city, I am moving. Um, and so I had finished my part or my audition. I come home and I move some stuff and I rent a zip car to go to Target with my roommate. And I get a phone call on the way to Target saying, Hey, would you want to read for Scorpius as well as Albus? And I was like, Oh, yeah sure awesome and he was like okay cool i'll let them know also they want to see you fly um so i'm gonna schedule you for that too and i was like fly like in an airplane and he was like no no no. like Like they're gonna get you on some (laughs) (laughs) they i fully they're like he's like no no no. we're they're gonna like have a flying session with you we're gonna put you in the wires and they're just gonna like see how you fly and i was like Okay. Awesome. 
They don't teach um, you that anywhere. Not, not in high school, not in no, college. <laughs> no, that is not something you just, like, learn to do. Um, like, that's, like, that's circus school. And I did not do that. But I was like, okay. I was like, I hope this is, like, a teaching experience and not, like, we're going to strap you in and see what you can do. Um, and so that was on a Tuesday. My Scorpius callback was on Thursday. And they gave me eight pages of sides to learn. One of them being the library scene, which is very dense for Scorpius. Um, he has like monologue after monologue after monologue. He's like so upset about all this stuff. I mean, it's it, it runs the gamut of like emotion mm -hmm. and everything. And then I got the one scene I didn't want to do from the initial audition packet. Um, so I got that on a Tuesday night. I had to like be prepared on Thursday for that. But at the same time, on Monday of this week, I had gotten a callback or an audition for Cats the Musical. Um, on Thursday at 10 a.m. was my Cats audition. At 1.30 or 2 was my Scorpius callback. Cats wanted me to learn 15 pages of music that I may or may not sing. Um, and then I had to learn the eight pages of Scorpius. And so I literally was like, I emailed my agent. I was like, should I cancel Cats? Should I not go to this? And he was like, no, I think that would look very bad. Andy Blinkenbuehler is going to be there. You should go. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I went and I got cut immediately. I was like, awesome. I have time to go take a shower. That's all I cared about at this point. And like, so on, to like, on top of cats, on top of moving, on top of getting these eight pages, I somehow memorized all eight pages, but I was like, I'm not putting these papers down. There's no way. It has been 24 hours. They're just going to have to deal with it. Um, and I walked into the audition room and or the waiting room and I'm sitting there and I met um, someone who is now on the cast with me, but he was like, are you auditioning for Hermione? And I was like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> it was weird. I was like, I can't believe yourself for being serious, but I'm just going to go along with this joke. Um, but, and he is the Albus cover. And then I'm the Scorpius cover now. Um, and then I met some of the people who are actually in the show from year two auditioning to actually like take over some of the roles they covered in the year three cast. Um, and I saw one of my friends who I knew that was in the show. Um, and then I went in to do my two scenes and the director asked me, he was like, so how was your day today? And I was like, honestly, Jimmy, I'm really tired. I just did a cat's dance call. And he was like, you did what? And I was like, yes, not three hours ago, I was pretending to be a cat in a junkyard. <laughs> and now I'm a wizard. How are you? <laughs> and um, yeah, it, and then I walked out of that room and I was like, awesome. I've done the best work I can. And I'm just gonna, I'm going home. I'm going to sleep. This has been a crazy three days. And then the next Monday, I was scheduled to go fly, um, which was truly just like I went to the middle of nowhere, Brooklyn. I was like an hour train ride from where I live um, in like Warehouse City. And I walked into this circus warehouse. They literally have circus classes. And like there were people like hanging from the ceiling on like silk, silk ropes and like hula hoops. And they're like, are you here for Harry Potter? And I was like, yes. Yeah. And they were like, okay, cool. So you're going to go to the back area. 
And like behind this curtain, they had these people working for um, that work for Foy, which is the flying company on Broadway. And um, they're like, hey, we're going to teach you to fly. And then literally hooked me up, hoisted me like 10 feet in the air. And he's like, okay, cool. Do a backflip. And I was like, do what? How? (laughs) (laughs) It was was, was so silly. And it wasn't like something they can just like teach you to do. They're just literally like, we have to hoist you up in the air to teach you to do any of this. Um, And just spent 30 minutes like learning how to do backflips and like learn this like sequence where we like will swim. And he was like, I'm going to take you up really high. And I was like, okay, I'm not afraid of heights. And like, I guess I have like figured out that is more what it was for is to see if you're like willing to flip yourself or like not really your ability, but like if you're just willing to like go for it, because in the show we fly 40 feet in the air. And so if you could do 15, he was like, we're going to take you to 40 someday. Um, Yeah. And then I left that. And then um, I got a work session at the theater was my final audition, but I didn't know it was my final one. I literally, I showed up to the theater um, in the middle of the day and I was memorizing all like this one scene and I just worked on it in the rehearsal room above the theater and they filmed it and that was it. I, um, I went about my weekend. This was like Memorial Labor Day weekend, I think. Um, that was on like a Thursday and then I saw Frozen that weekend because my college was in it. And then one of my other friends from the summer show I did was on for Olaf that night. And I was like, I'm going to go see this show. And then while I was at the show, I got an email from a friend um, asking me to do this like little reading in Connecticut. And I would have to like go there for a week. And I was like, let me ask my agent if I am like even available to like go because I don't know what Harry Potter's doing. And like, I think it was Friday or Saturday. And I was like, hey, um, can I go do this thing or is it going to conflict with anything that Harry Potter wants? And he was like, Oh, Harry Potter's done. Um, at this point it's a waiting game. So you, you can do whatever you want to do. And I was like, Oh, Oh, cool. I'm done. Um, awesome. This is okay. 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 And like having a full existential crisis at intermission of frozen, the musical on Broadway. Uh, <laughs> and so then that was a Friday or Saturday. And then, Tuesday morning, I woke up, uh, I was taking a nap, and my phone went off and woke me up. It was an unknown number. I answered it, and it was my agent calling me and saying, hey, they want you to cover Scorpius on Broadway. And I was like, yes! (laughs) I think all I could say, I literally was like, okay, okay, cool, okay. Like, I I just couldn't say anything but okay. I was like, yeah, okay. what it didn't it didn't set in um for a while but yeah that was it was that's the long version of that story um but it it took place from july 2019 until the first week of september was my whole audition process and you were going to hogwarts on september yeah (laughs) literally on September. yeah oh my god yes my letter literally came wow yeah your letter came awesome and then i think i finished the books um soon after that like in october november and they're incredible by the way if anyone hasn't read them you should read them don't be like me don't wait they're so good (laughs) um but yeah and then 
I guess that was the long audition story. But from then on, I got the show in September. We didn't start rehearsals until January. So I had four months that I couldn't tell anyone. Um, and you that I was, I couldn't tell anyone that I was doing the show, anything. I was just like, ah, I'm doing a show. Uh, I will be. Um, and I mean, I told, I told people like who doesn't, but um, yeah. And then we started rehearsals in January and I think I got my script in October. Oh my God. I forgot about the like 12 hour day that I was just trying on clothes for the show in the middle of December. Um, I mean, it was, that was the coolest day ever. We were in robes. We were in, I mean, every single costume I wear in that show and I'm a swing, I cover seven people in the show. So I have like, I think I have the mo- I might have the most costumes in the show. I have like 37 pieces I wear like throughout. I mean, it's, it's absurd. Um, but yeah, I, and then we had that, I got my script like beginning of December um, and then didn't start until January. And then we rehearsed for six weeks in a studio. Uh, we learned, I mean, technically we're learning two different shows. Um, and so we had, we had a two month rehearsal process, which is not normal. It's usually two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a full two months, we had six weeks in the studio, two weeks in the studio and in tech. Um, Cause we could only tech on Thursdays, Fridays, and, oh, that might've been it. That might be it. Um, Tuesdays, Tuesdays. We had Tuesdays cause there's no shows on Tuesdays. Um, but yeah, it, so we only had three days a week that we could actually tech the show. So it took a minute. And then the day we finished teching the show um, was the day the COVID shutdown happened. We were literally, we were at lunch break and we had like three hours, two, three hours of rehearsal left. Um, and at lunch break, the news came out and they were like, okay, we're having a meeting. Yes, we're closing for a month. We'll have another meeting after rehearsal. Let's finish teching the show. And it was it was a nice button. It was really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, we never got the um, stage bows or anything like that. But we made it to the very last line of the show. It's completely teched with the year three cast, um, which is very exciting, even though we're going to have to do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> But but it's going to be amazing when everyone's back. Like, it's yeah, going to be really amazing. The energy in that theater, I cannot imagine what it's going to be like that night. I mean, it... I feel stupid saying this. It's going to be magical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can, I can only imagine what is going to happen when these shows open back up on Broadway and like the energy and like, I mean, the tears, the happiness, I mean, people are getting their jobs back. Mm -hmm. People are getting live theater back. I mean, it's, it's going to be such an exciting and special night. Yeah. Before we go, now that you've confessed that you read the books late, but you love them. I want to play. I always play a little game with guests, but with you, I changed it. I'm going okay. to do a Harry Potter edition of the game. Yeah. Not a musical theater edition. So. How exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Transfiguration or Herbology? Oh. 
Transfiguration. Okay. Charms or defense against the dark arts? Defense against the dark arts. Divination or ancient runes? I've never been a languages person, so divination. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Albus or Scorpius? Oh, God. Scorpius. Really? I play him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, that makes sense. Granger or Weasley? Granger. Yes. Team Fred or Team George? Oh, jeez. Uh... Fred. I think. I think I'm going to go with Fred. Okay. Voldemort or Umbridge? Oh. Uh, uh, which one do I like better? Umbridge. Which one is worst? Maybe Umbridge. To be honest. Of no, course Umbridge. Voldemort. Yeah, I mean, Umbridge is just, I mean, just fully the worst. She has no agenda. At yeah. least Voldemort has an agenda and knows what he's doing. She's just like, I hate everyone for absolutely no reason. <laughs> She's a terror. Yeah. Um, Animagus or werewolf? Animagus. Yes. Broom or apparition? Apparition. It's faster. Okay. Order of the Phoenix or Death Eaters? Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix or Dumbledore's Army? Dumbledore's Army. Yes. Favorite spell? Um, oh, 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 oh. That's not my favorite spell. I was going to say Crucio, but that's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's Alohomora, as basic as that is. I love it. And final question, favorite character? Uh, Luna. I love her! Yeah, (laughs) she's not my favorite, but she's awesome. Yeah, I love Luna. It's either Luna or Cedric, I think. I kind of like the underdogs. Nice. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, yeah, thanks I loved, for having me. It was so fun. I loved this whole conversation. Like, from Potterhead to Potterhead, I loved it. <laughs> me too. I, that be, I know I've not read the books, like, throughout my whole life, but I am such a Potterhead. I grew up going to Universal and, like, Harry Potter World and everything and, like, watching the movies. I was just late on the books. But, like, that goes to show you don't have to be a Potterhead to be in Harry Potter on Broadway. Yes. So, everyone go live your dreams <laughs> yeah um where can people find you on social media um i'm only on instagram well i guess and tiktok um but they're both um spencer under l-a-r-u-e oh, um your your connection oh no broke. uh so that would be yeah where can people find um, you yeah um my instagram and my tiktok are both um, at Spencer underscore LaRue. Awesome. Yeah. I will be tagging I don't you. have a Twitter. I don't <laughs> have a Twitter. I don't do that. I don't know how to tweet. I had it for like a hot second in high school, and that was a mess. So I got off of there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be for sure tagging um, your account on the podcast description. Spencer, thank you so much for being here. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, and I know you will get that Broadway debut soon. Soon, soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 